1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonantoni on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Pritchard with you. Michael Lombardi, north of the border, right now, doing um, some great promotional work for his book up in Calgary. Um, we are live from downtown Las Vegas, at circa resort and casino, and this week. There are going to be, Pritch, three very important pro days Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And so C.J. Stroud is going to be doing his pro day tomorrow, followed by Bryce Young on Thursday, and then Will Levis on Friday. Where things sit right now in terms of the odds at BetMGM. C.J. Stroud is your favorite to go number one overall. The Carolina Panthers currently hold that top overall pick after the deal that they made with the Bears. He is minus 225. to go number one overall, followed by Bryce Young, at 275, Anthony Richardson there at four to one, Levis, 14 to one, and Jalen Carter, 80 to one. The expectation is that it's going to be either Stroud or Bryce Young. Right, right. You very firmly <laughs> have stood by the fact that you believe it's going to be CJ Stroud.
3: I do, I do, I mean, I, I know we talked to Michael Lombardi uh, yesterday about this, and um, there's so much to love about CJ Stroud. Now he didn't, he threw, uh, at the combine, and I don't know how much more impressive he's going to be throwing at his pro day, uh, but you are going to see him run the 40. You are going to see him through some drills. You are going to see him do some footwork things. You're going to put him uh, through the test in that regard, and I think C.J. Stroud's going to impress even more, uh, especially uh, up there in, on his own territory, too. So now... The big reveal happens though with Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. You know, is the big reveal going to be so big that it makes you overlook the fact that he's barely five ten? I mean, barely three sixteenths of an he's inch. He's
2: five ten and a quarter. Right. He's over five yes, ten. Okay.
3: yes, yes. Come on, he is. He is. Give him his due. I, I will barely. Michael <laughs> talked about this that he has an upward uh, throwing motion. Like you know, he's. He's Which, not
2: concerned with balls being batted down with yeah, Bryce. Yeah.
3: Um, but I'm concerned about his health. I'm not I'm not concerned about his ability at all. I think Bryce Young is very, very talented. Um, it's just the sample size that I know of, the history of the game that I know of, that instance where Bryce Young, and again, CJ Stroud could get hurt. We saw Trey Lance, mm-hmm. a bigger quarterback, get hurt. Dak Prescott's gotten hurt. Help. Patrick Mahomes got hurt before the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts got hurt, came back. I get it. But at that size, you know, we saw Tua get slung around, and he suffered concussions, you know, whiplash. And I think that, you know, is a realistic possibility for Bryce Young. I mean, I know he can escape the pocket, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that escape the pocket. Remember Kyler Murray? He could escape the pocket. Yeah, but no, he can't anymore. Now, I mean, he's, he blew out of his knee. I get that. But... These defensive linemen and these defensive ends are so quick and so agile that you look at a quarterback in college and they can escape the pocket, but in the National Football League, all of a sudden they can't. And there's a big reason why they say that quarterbacks need to win championships from the pocket. I mean, Patrick Mahomes became the ultimate pocket passer and he won a championship on one leg. Whereas Bryce Young with that body, I I just don't know if he can hold up to the rigors of this league. Past five years. That's how I'm looking at this. Now, if you're looking for a quick hit and a guy, you know, for the first five years, could do wonders for your organization. I think Bryce Young, you should draft him. Absolutely draft him. But past that, if you're looking long term, the durability of, of that player, I, I think, comes into question.
2: The physical stature is certainly the the quality that's going to worry you. Um, he's not thick like a, I mean, like a Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. to your previous example, or a Russell Wilson for being a smaller quarterback that. 204 pounds, even that he did weigh in on at the combine was a manufactured 204 pounds, right? He played largely around like that 185 um, playing mark. But I mean, he's still young enough that I think he's going to fill out more. I Mm -hmm. think there's potential still for him to put on weight Um, where the concern probably comes is if you are expecting him to come in and play immediately, right? Right. right? And that is the hope. I mean, Frank Reich has said whatever rookie quarterbacks that they draft, um, is going to get a lot of reps and hopes that he can play right away. One thing that I think is interesting about the dynamic in Carolina is that Frank Reich, I think very clearly, at least based on the reports and and his history with quarterbacks, like CJ Stroud is who fits the profile of size and everything for him, right? I mean, Stroud's arm strength isn't elite, but the accuracy mm-hmm. is, right? His touchdown to interception ratio mm-hmm. is is really, really tremendous. But while Reich seems to be leaning CJ Stroud. A lot of the reports have seen that he and owner David Tepper are a little bit split on that and that Tepper does lean toward Bryce Young. I think that's one of the elements as well. Why Michael Lombardi has come in on this show multiple times and said that he thinks that he would give Bryce Young the edge. My thing is with the betting market because of that separation, I'm just surprised to see CJ Stroud is such a big favorite. Like, I would think this would be – I I saw Femi Abebefe tweet this earlier today, and I completely agreed with it, that it should be more of a a pick 'em type Mm -hmm. of a price between these two quarterbacks versus how severely different we have seen the market change over the last couple weeks.
3: Yeah, because I I think – and you mentioned this uh, to begin the hour, Stormy. You're going to have all these pro days. And Mm -hmm. and so Bryce Young to impress this week is going to be there. I think the wow factor could be there. And you're going to see this guy up close and personal, and he could sway you. I mean, he could sway Frank Reich. Uh, if he already has uh, captured uh, Tepper uh, in terms of you know, his ability and certainly uh, you know, as an owner, you want that guy as your CEO, you want that guy mm-hmm. as your face of your franchise, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and and C.J. Stroud, he's really not going to impress you much more than he already has throwing the football. Now, he could with the 40, he could with the agility and all that, but I, I think the tape already has revealed that about C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, to me, is out of the box and ready to go. I mean, I, I think you don't waste time. Uh, you certainly put him under center with the number one unit right away. You know, Bryce uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, what kind of system we know the system that Frank Reich runs, right? you yeah. know, and I mean, it, it is suited for Bryce Young. Um, I get that, but then also when you look at the sample size from Frank Reich's point of view and who he played behind and how big Jim Kelly was and and what they did with that style of offense, and then him. As a quarterback himself, I mean, and then having Carson Wentz in there, right? And having all these other guys. I mean, uh, Nick Foles as a backup quarterback. It's like all these projected bigger quarterbacks that Frank Reich has been around. All of a sudden, is he going to change his ways Mm -hmm. and change how he views the game and goes the Bryce Young route?
2: Well... I mean, the recent track record of success hasn't exactly been particularly <laughs> no, great with what right? Frank Reich has done with quarterback. I'm just like I'm, yeah. you know, playing devil's advocate sure. here a little bit here. Um, and I do, and I don't know how much stock you put into things that Bill O'Brien says, but something I found very interesting that he said to to me and some of my colleagues when we covered the Sugar Bowl this year mm-hmm. was that Bryce Young is the smartest quarterback that he has ever coached. He coached Tom Brady, <laughs> and so I think that's significant. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, um, how do I put this? You know, coaches can can overstate things at times. <laughs> I Fair, mean,
2: I understand that. And I understand know? pumping the tires of your quarterback. Yeah. But that's like a very big statement, right. in my opinion. Right. Um, and for Nick Saban to follow up calling him brilliant and saying that to him that the size is not a factor because of how impressive he is with maneuverability mm-hmm. and what we've been talking about with the ability to like still grow into his body more. Um, But hey, let's let's round out some of this quarterback talk because um, Mel Kuyper put out another edition of his mock draft 3.0 at this point. He's going to do another one after the pro days are concluded. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one just kind of after the general free agency period is shaking things out a little bit differently. He has the four main quarterbacks that we have all been talking about so much. So CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Um, and Anthony Richardson, all going in the top five.
3: Right. Wow. That's crazy. Um, But it could happen. I I think the Jalen Carter situation has made him probably fall a a little bit, uh, I think, in the mock drafts. And then also you got to consider the mocks um, are are need-based as opposed to the best player available kind of situation. And, And I think when you look at the teams at the top of the draft, you know, the Carolina Panthers, Houston, the Colts, uh, the Cardinals, certainly, if they do trade up and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, you know, benefiting from um, a, a draft uh, situation, too, with Denver. You know, that's kind of interesting. That's a luxury pick to me for, for Seattle you know, at five that they got from Denver. Do you, do you put it on a reach player like Anthony Richardson? I mean, he could sit uh, behind Geno. Uh, And that's the mock. And you're talking about with Mel Kiper. uh, But I don't know if there's a need there right away, you know, um, or do you go out and get the best player available to help out that defense Mm -hmm. that you drafted so well for already, you know? And I I think there's a ton of defensive players out there. I mean, if all the quarterbacks are are that much in demand, I mean, you're going to get a Will Anderson uh, available to you, right? Or somebody like that or – uh, one of these corners to go along uh, with um, uh, I think it's Waylon uh, or Wheeler or I can't Wheeler, remember, yeah yeah I can't remember his name the corner that's a fine corner for Seattle so yeah I mean I, I think there's opportunities for teams to get better immediately more so than certainly looking at a quarterback but uh, I know through through time Mel has really focused on the need aspect of, of football teams
2: how far do you think that that the Cardinals would be willing to trade back. So you have the Colts that go up and take that three. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're still going to want to get one of those key defensive players available to you. And at four, it makes sense. But, like, how far would you be willing to go?
3: Yeah, you know, a defensive-minded head coach, too, now, and a really, really, really young staff, a raw staff. I mean, they're looking for direction when it comes from a GM standpoint, or executive level, all the way through coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your guess is as good as mine about the Cardinals on this one. I mean, I I think if you are a defensive-minded head coach, certainly you're going to try to focus there uh, if you can. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's it's no telling. I mean, I I don't have any clue what Cardinals are going to do here.
2: There are a few more angles that I still want to get into with the draft. So I know we have to uh, take a quick break here, but um, maybe we'll revisit it on the other side of this break. We also have Josh Applebaum coming up this hour as well. and um, sports betting analyst, host of the Morning Beth show. He'll give us some, some numbers and where money is moving for some of these big, sweet 16 games. But um, when we come back, let's continue our draft conversation. Uh, keep it locked right here on the Lombardi line. How important is that? First round pick for the Jets when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Terms apply.
1: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life.
2: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit v Check out the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way v here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at v And I'm sure our guy Josh Applebaum will... Help us out as well with some of the money movers and shakers in the Sweet 16. We have him on in about 15 more minutes. Stormy Bonantoni and former NFL longtime wide receiver Mike Pritchard on the program today. Continuing our talk about kind of some of these draft odds and where players might end up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we mentioned, obviously, the top two quarterbacks on the board. That, well, there's not a consensus number one. There's certainly a consensus number two that it is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as those top two quarterbacks in this in this draft but then there's Will Levis there um quarterback out of Kentucky that seems like somebody who while his while his combine performance was kind of like I guess forgettable when you have Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. who has all the like record breaking this right. record breaking that he's somebody that maybe at his pro day could have a real opportunity to show teams that he can be better than what maybe his game tape or what his combine performance was.
3: Yeah, I mean, Will Levis, all he has to do is fine-tune things. I mean, I, I think he approached the combine as if he wanted to impress with his arm strength.
2: He said uh, he's, he's got a cannon right. and he wants to show it off. And,
3: and tape will reveal that. Tape will show that. And and so, uh, you know, maybe your hero is Josh Allen now or, or whoever, you know, a big quarterback like that. But uh, once the combine is over with and he's going to get some instruction... He's also going to have some personal coaching like all these guys have. And so he'll go out on his pro day and he'll fine tune everything that he did at the combine. And you're right, sir. I mean, I, I think he's going to go out there and be impressive. You know, throwing to his left uh, needed to improve, his footwork needed to improve a little bit. I think his arm strength was very evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, accuracy too. I mean, quarterbacks are always working on their accuracy. Um, but one of the things and one of the aspects that will really help Will Levis. Is if he can take in instruction and apply it. Because that's what coaches wanna see. They wanna see if you can take in and process and apply instruction. And if he can do that, then yeah, certainly he's got a bright future, but also I think he can also climb the draft board as well.
2: He is someone who, like in college playing at Kentucky, mm-hmm you are at a slight talent deficit than some of the bigger teams but you have to play right. the alabamas and right. georgias and you know tennessee's with the, with what they were doing um but you're not having the same quality of players his offensive line play mm-hmm. wasn't particularly good and um there were moments where you saw him be the type of player that could help overcome some of those deficits and then moments, obviously where you didn't. So I'm still very curious of the type of player that he's going to be, because on an NFL roster, you have the best talent around. You do.
3: You do. And and, okay. Can he evolve? Can he get better? I mean, I think that's a projection That's an evaluation uh, to there's generations of, of the league that I can, and I've had experience with like, like John Elway at Stanford, Stanford wasn't a great team. Right. But, when you watch John Elway play in college, I mean, the guy was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he distinguished himself that way. Same thing with Josh Allen. I mean, uh, up there in Wyoming, um, wasn't really uh, that that great, great team, but you could see some ability from that player. Uh, and I think that's true for Will Levis, you know, and um, if you can distinguish yourself that way and have an opportunity. Remember, the draft is just your launching pad, too. So uh, I think from an evaluation standpoint, you love the size. You love the 6'4", the two. 30 uh, the dimensions he's going to grow and he's going to get stronger uh, he's also going to evolve and, and uh, become that pocket passer uh, with a strong arm that uh, that a lot of teams are coveting right now so again his opportunities right in front of him I think he'll impress as combine mm-hmm. and therefore you know probably represent uh, the top part of the draft as well
2: in Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft he has Um, The Indianapolis Colts trading up with the Arizona Cardinals to take Will Levis. That would make Levis the third quarterback off the board in this draft. At DraftKings, Anthony Richardson is currently a minus 140 favorite to be Mm. the third quarterback off the board. Levis plus 380. So if you do think that that's a possibility where Will Levis would have the edge over Anthony Richardson, a good plus money bet on the board available right now at DraftKings. I want to go a little bit farther down the draft. Mm -hmm. Pick number 13, owned by the New York Jets. And uh, obviously there's been so much talk over the past week. Aaron Rodgers has made his intentions clear that he wants to play for the New York jets. However, the ball is in the green Bay Packers court at this point, and they are trying to figure out compensation. I wonder how much of the holdup on getting this deal done is surrounding this 13th overall pick this year
3: Mm, okay yeah you know I I don't is it the pick is it money
2: I mean I think it's a combination of a lot of things but I could see this maybe being a sticking point where the Jets are like no we want to get an offensive lineman here or like we want to get something else to build up our team and help out this new wonderful multi-MVP quarterback that we're bringing in and the Packers are saying we're giving you Aaron Rodgers. We need this pick this year.
3: Yeah, also $60 million. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds,
2: yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, but so, I, I just feel like the leverage is in Green Bay's court.
3: Totally you know? in Green Bay's court. I mean, because you have the desperation now for the Jets, and Green Bay knows that because the quarterbacks, I mean, look What at the other choices.
2: options do they have? Carson
3: Wentz. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> know, I mean, what are you going to do there, right? And uh, do you uh, stick with uh, Zach Wilson? Uh, you know, okay, you, you could do Hell that. Hell high water. Right? They still could do that. I mean, maybe that's the Jets thinking – thinking or, or their process is like, look, we, we have a, a high draft choice and maybe with this new system and Nathaniel Hackett, he can do wonders for him. I mean, there could be some of those thoughts inside the building. I, I doubt it though. I mean, I, I think they really want uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it is so similar to Brett Favre. But what Brett Favre did is he forced his way out of Green Bay. Remember, Brett Favre retired uh, and then came back in training camp and Green Bay had to get rid of him. Uh, and so... You know, from that in that regards, you know, he goes to the Jets. Uh, now it was an ideal because he had a bad outing with the Jets, and uh, I, I think if you're Aaron Rodgers and if you're the Jets, you want him there sooner than later to help him um, with the new system or with the system, the same system he's familiar with. But now he's got his players and, and get familiar with the players, so you you want that process to begin as soon as possible. Uh, so the onus is on the Jets and Green Bay is holding their feet to the fire, but. I mean, Green Bay is playing with fire, in my opinion, because again, that's sixty million. Uh, if the Jets walk away, and now you've promised the future to Jordan Love, yeah, you've, what you, you've
2: committed at this exactly,
3: point. Exactly, exactly. And, and Aaron Rodgers, publicly
2: and privately, and
3: Aaron doesn't want to play for you anymore. He he said goodbye publicly, uh, so I I I don't know. I I think it gets done uh, right around the draft time, mm-hmm. because that's really when. Okay, if you're the Jets, you're going to get off of that 13th pick if you really are desperate for Aaron Rodgers.
2: And I don't compliment Aaron Rodgers in his you know, personal life and the way that he handles situations very often. <laughs> but I did like when he went on the Pat McAfee show and was kind of talking about the situation that he said – I am not the holdup here. Yeah, You know, everybody's mm-hmm. trying to blame me as being the reason that this deal isn't working out. And this isn't on me at this point, another draft angle here. I thought was interesting. Looking at Kuyper's draft, a uh, mock draft here was Jalen Carter going uh, at six to the lions. And, um obviously he shows up at his pro day nine pounds over what he weighed in at the combine he was dealing with a lot of off the field issues with regards to the car accident that took place after the national championship um but that he and like a lot of people i don't know how many people you've talked to about Jalen carter specifically but a lot of people that i've talked to and i trust Mm -hmm. in the nfl don't think that he's going to drop very much, if at all, in this draft.
3: No, he shouldn't. Uh, the talent uh, really supersedes everything else. I mean, I, I think uh, there, there's certain teams like the Raiders probably will avoid that because of Henry Ruggs, and uh, it really, really too soon from you know from a business standpoint, maybe you avoid that. Um, but everybody else, I, I think, uh, because you know the outcome, you know that it was a misdemeanor, you know that he no contest, you know he's on probation. Now is a weight of concern, I'm here to tell you that big guys struggle with their weight all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the nature of the beast when it comes to that. Uh, it's the reason why we have weight clauses uh, in our contracts because you know they want you to be a fine-tuned athlete. And, and so that discipline, I, I think from a team standpoint, you're not worried about the, the weight gain from combine to his pro day you just want to know if he's disciplined enough or or can you convey that to him and will he understand that, mm-hmm. that he needs to control that. So once you're comfortable and confident in that regard as a coach is, you know, and certainly as an executive, I, I think you'll select a guy like Jalen Carter.
2: For the first defensive player selected, Alabama's Will Anderson is a minus 330 okay. odds on favorite Jalen Carter plus 550. Do you think that there's any value in potentially betting Carter to be the first defensive player off the board?
3: I mean, even if you have the run on quarterbacks early like that, um, it gets, okay, so here's where I'm looking at in terms of that first player from a defensive standpoint. I I could see a corner going pretty high too. Okay. Uh, Because you do have these six foot one, six foot two corners. And we saw Sauce Gardner, we saw Whelan, Uh, from seattle really do do wonders in the league and this is a position that is not even talked about as much as everybody else right now
2: we will have to wait and see we still got a whole month before the draft takes place uh in late april we're going to step aside when we come back josh applebaum of the market insights pod VC contributor he will join us coming up next on the lombardi line
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Get everything you need to bet on baseball. Yes, I said baseball this season with our MLB betting guide because the season is right around the corner. It's available right now. We've got futures, team previews, and best bets. Steve Mackinnon has power ratings on every single team, plus Adam Burke breaks down how the new MLB rules can impact us as better. So whether you bet baseball every single day or you're just looking for some valuable futures bets, our betting guide has it all. Sign up today, get full access to v for 30 days for just $19. dollars at slash subscribe. I am not mentally prepared for baseball yet. <laughs> we have March Madness going on right now. Uh, NBA getting set for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. NHL getting set for the playoffs. My brain just is not ready here. So hopefully Josh Applebaum can help us make some sense of some things. We Sports we're analyst, host of the morning bets and market insights podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Josh, like, are you prepared for another sport to kick off right now? Like I can't, my brain can only take so
4: much. <laughs> Stormy Pritch, it's great to be with you. And I'm kind of with you, Stormy. There's a lot going on right now. Obviously the attention is on March Madness. Uh, speaking of baseball, though, I can't wait for this game tonight. USA against Japan. Yeah. Uh, patriotic play is only you know laying a minus 135 here with the US uh, play, laying a short price. But I did notice that line dipped a little bit. Uh, I think the US was like minus 140 down to minus 130. But I'm with you, Stormy. To me, uh, I'm looking for some futures right now, so I'm I'm waiting for the next batch of data. I want to put in. My win totals first, uh, some of my division bets here, and then kind of start grinding uh, the day-to-day with MLB. So I think MLB is a really unique sport just because, you know, you can't just pick and choose when you bet it. Either you're all in, sweating yeah. it every day for six months to me, keeping your finger on the pulse, or maybe you kind of look towards some other sports. But I would just say I'm interested in kind of the rule changes, and I know Adam Burke's going to do a great job to explain this, but the pitch clock, you know, uh, how how this will speed up the game. You've already seen in spring training these games are uh, much quicker. They're only like two and a half hours. It used to be like three or three and a half. So I'm thinking, does that benefit the offense? Does that benefit uh, the pitchers? You've heard pitchers say they like it. You've seen hitters say that they don't like it when they have to you know, step out and can't you know, switch their gloves and spit in their their gloves and do all the things that they're used to doing. So I'm wondering if unders uh, early on could be the play here with the advantage to the pitchers and basically the hitters having their routines thrown off.
3: You know, Josh, as a data-driven better, I mean, if there's one sport out there that's driven by data, it's baseball <laughs> and numbers and metrics and all that. It's like... Do you have, um, I don't know, a formula or an edge that you feel that can help you catch up once uh, they do uh, throw out that first pitch?
4: Yeah, Pritch, I think it's a great question. You and I you know, did so many shows betting across America, and I know one system that you liked were those divisional dogs. So uh, one thing that I look for is the familiarity. You see it like in the NFL playoffs as well. You know, The one thing that screws you up a little bit this year, though, is typically I think there were 19 division games per year. There's The schedule has been changed a bit. I think it's down to 13, so you'll have – Fewer of these options here, like you know, Red Sox are playing the Yankees. Whoever's the dog, you know, take takes a, a little bit of a of a of a bite at the apple at some of these divisional dogs. So uh, line movements critical, obviously. Looking at starting pitchers, they have a huge effect on the number, uh, and then also you know, looking at live line opportunities, you know, a cash bullpen, maybe you're t- uh, betting on a team sixth seventh inning to come back. Uh, great live line opportunities, but again, pitchers dominant. And I'll be looking at a lot of those divisional dogs this year.
2: Good stuff. And I, I love that you're already throwing out a world baseball <laughs> classic. But, like, let's yeah, just get baseball in right, there. Why right. not? Um, looking to some more action, though, that we have tonight, especially in hockey, 13-game slate in the National Hockey League tonight. I know one game you were looking at was Red Wings and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Detroit here's lost 10 of their last 12, plus 120 in St. Louis. The Blues here, minus 140 on the line I'm looking at. What do you see?
4: Yeah, Stormy, same thing here. I'm going to go with St. Louis. By the way, huge hockey night. I'm going to have quite a few bets here in the NHL with a 13-game slate. But a couple things going on with this one, Stormy. Number one, line move to St. Louis. So I'll be on the Blues here. They open around minus 130, minus 140. You've seen them creep up closer now to around minus 140, minus 145. So you're matching quite a few systems here. But the number one system that I'm looking at is a rest versus tired play in favor of St. Louis. If you look at Detroit, you mentioned it, Stormy. They've really struggled here, uh, losing a bunch of games recently. Uh, they played last night. Now you got to turn around and play again tonight. So they're playing their third game in four days. You look at St. Louis, they're the rested spot here. They haven't uh, played since Sunday. And if you look at these uh, rested home favorites, playing a team on a second leg of a back-to-back, they've been really good historically. They're about almost 70% the last four years. So that would match with St. Louis. Uh, also in net. Uh, I think there's a big advantage to St. Louis here. You know, they've both teams have traded away a bunch of guys. They're kind of punting on the year. But St. Louis might be getting some energy from this young goalie that they called up. I can't even pronounce his name, Stormy. Joel Hofer? Hofer? I don't even know how you say his name. But this kid lit up the AHL. He's come in so far and gone 2-0 with a shutout. He's got a 1.02 goals against. So if you have a hot goalie here, a young goalie with something approved, maybe battling for uh, maybe the the goalie of next year, to me that kind of lights a fire under your team. He'll be going up against Helberg. Uh, for Detroit, who's got a 2.96 goals against. Um, So I'll be also looking, guys, maybe toward the over. It is 6.5. It's really juiced up over. And St. Louis is one of the best over teams this year in the NHL. They score a lot. They give up a lot. They're 40-23-6 and six to the over, but I like the line move to the St. Louis, and I like this rest-first tired angle, so I'll be sweating the blues tonight around minus 140. Welcome to the club in terms of pronouncing uh, hockey names there, Josh. <laughs> I know, French. That was kind of an easy <laughs> one against some of these other ones. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I have to okay. get that one right.
3: How about <laughs> Minnesota and New Jersey? I mean, Minnesota, I'm seeing bets lopsided here, uh, 73% what I'm showing uh, in terms of the betting uh, action and tickets uh, here. Uh, what are you seeing in this matchup that's attracted to you?
4: Yes, same thing here, Pritch. A lot of action here on uh, New Jersey Devils. So I'm going to go with the Devils here at home. They open around minus 160. They've been steamed up to around minus 170. I have a ton of matches on the Devils tonight. Non-division steam. So two teams from two different divisions take the team getting 10 cents of steam or more in their favor. Those teams are 59% this year with about a 5% ROI. Home faves with a line move in their favor in a non-conference matchup. So you get the last ice changer at home. You're expected to win. The lack of familiarity benefiting, uh, quote-unquote, the better team. That would match with the Devils. That system is 64% this year. And then a sweet spot, big favorite. If you're a favorite between minus 170 and minus 225, those teams are 69% this year. They've been really uh, good historically to bet on in this spot as well. Uh, Jersey is 31-17 and as a favorite. They've been really good at home. Minnesota just 5-11 and as a dog. And also Minnesota... Um, they are missing their best player here. Kapril Kaprizov. Uh, He's been banged up here quite a bit. He'll be out tonight. Uh, to me, it's a good spot to back the Devils. They had a three-game losing streak. Devils have been one of the best teams. Aside from my Bruins, it's really been the Devils, been one of the biggest surprises this year. Uh, and they are in a spot at home. They lost three straight. Then you get a win. I think you might get some uh, some mojo going again uh, for the Devils here. So I'll be taking uh, the Devils in this spot. And also, guys, maybe you lean under. The total six It's juiced up under, minus 115. Minnesota's been one of the best under teams this year, 38-29 and 29 to the under.
2: And see, Josh, a way we can avoid the pronunciation issues like Kirill Kaprizov. Just go with the nicknames. <laughs> Kirill the Thrill. He's out of the line. Exactly, Stormy. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you go. There, you go. there you go. In the NBA tonight, a number of games uh, on tap as well. The Cavs, a four-point favorite in Brooklyn. Total sitting 218.5. The Nets have dropped three straight four of their last six. Cavs have been playing some pretty good basketball lately. What do the numbers tell you?
4: Yeah, a lot of steam here, Stormy, going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the Cavs actually open as a very short favorite, like minus one, minus two. Uh, I woke up this morning, they're up to like two and a half, three. Now continued movement, they're up to minus four. So a ton of movement here toward the Cleveland Cavaliers. What I like about this one, you know, it's pretty much a pro and Joe bet split. I don't love the fact that you're getting around 75% of bets on the Cavs, but they're taking into account almost 90% of the money using our VEASAN.com bet split. So it seems to me the public is just saying, hey, Cavs are a good team. Nets traded away their guys. Might as well just take the, the Cavs here, but pros really, they don't care what the public's doing. They're not looking at percentages. They're betting based on their numbers. So I don't know if there's a ton of value left to lay the spread here. You know, you really wanted to target the Cavs, you know, minus two, minus three, but I'll go money line. It's minus 165. I don't think it's that uh, bad of a price here, but we just got uh, done talking about a rest advantage versus tired for uh, for the, uh, St. Louis blues. A really big one here in the NBA as well with the Cavs, because the Cavs guys, they haven't played uh, in a while here. They haven't played since the 17th. You look at the Brooklyn Nets, they last played on the 19th. So that's a two-day rest advantage here for Cleveland. If you look at rested favorites, uh, at least four days between your last game to your current game, those teams are 34-13 and straight up, 72% this year, with a 7% ROI. So that would match here with the Cleveland Cavs. Also, you have a bunch of road refs. Uh, No Scott Foster here, but you do have a bunch of these guys, Mott, Kirkland, like all between uh, around like 51 to 54% ATS to the road team. Uh, and you have seen the nets, as you mentioned, Stormy lose three straight. So I think when you get a team like the Cavs, you know, Donovan Mitchell, some of these older players getting four days off, I think it's a huge, huge benefit to them. So I'll go money line. I'll follow the steam. Give me the Cavs to win this game.
2: Awesome stuff, yeah. Josh. Uh, appreciate you, buddy. Anything you're getting excited for, for the the sweet 16, anything you're getting ahead of?
4: So there's a couple I talked about it uh, last night uh, with, with Tim and Sean, but there's been a lot of sharp money here on Michigan State. They're a really contrarian play. Everyone's taken uh, Kansas State around 65 70% of bets, but Michigan State went from like a pick 'em all the way to minus two. So it looks like Michigan State's a fade-the-trendy-dog play. I'm also going to take a shot on Arkansas Stormy. Uh, they went from like plus four down to three and a half. Muscleman obviously can play that. No one believes in us. Underdog chip-on-your-shoulder type role. Then also UCLA Gonzaga. I know our friend Daniel Alvari We'll be happy about this, but I like UCLA in this one. Uh, tickets are split down the middle 50-50. Public sees two good teams. How do you not take Zags in the points, but then how also do you not take UCLA? It's such a short number, but 50-50 bet split, yet UCLA went from around minus one to minus two. So I'll be money lining UCLA in that spot.
2: And you're mm-hmm. speaking Mike Pritchard's language. He likes the Bruins as well. <laughs> <Ooh. That's> right.
4: <laughs> Let's go, Pritch. Let's go. Let's go. Josh, thank
2: you so much, buddy.
4: Appreciate it, guys. Have a good day.
2: Good stuff. Um, Josh Applebaum, again, make sure you check out the the Morning Bets and Market mm-hmm. Insights podcast, both downloadable wherever you get your podcasts. And the the Morning Bets one, it's awesome because yeah. he is on the East Coast specifically. For those of us on the West Coast, I wake up at 5 a.m. and mm. that's already in my phone right. in the Dallas. <laughs> right, so, right. like, good to go there right away. We're going to wrap things up on the Lombardi line when we come back. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
1: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
0: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on v the sports betting network.
2: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, look out. You can also convert your BetMGM points to BetMGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Rewards properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are wrapping things up here live. From Circa Resort and Casino, this is the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Stormy Bon and Tony and Mike Pritchard with you. And are you ready for some XFL, my friend? Am I
3: ready? I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been ready I all season. I mentally
2: prepared you in the commercial break Yes, least, yes. So um, that.
3: No, I'm, I'm intrigued by this, though, because uh, I've been watching you, as everybody has been, uh, on esp excuse me fox sorry it's You're on ESPN. ESPN. well I lot to make these
2: been on fx fx yeah. okay
3: fx one i'm used to seeing you on espn yes but uh yeah you tune into fox fx one
2: it's still an espn mic flag okay
3: so. okay <laughs> nice. maybe that's why i'm confused on it yeah. but uh <laughs> you know what i think i did notice
2: that
3: yep so uh but anyway um but i've been intrigued about asking you questions about the xfl because i have no idea how to bet it right now
2: well it's very fun i will say and we're cool because we're through it's only a 10-week season Mm -hmm. so we're already halfway through the season at this (laughs) point which means we're at the beginning of the season there wasn't a ton of information out there right and you and odds makers are all just trying to figure out who the heck is even on this team Mm -hmm. let alone if they're going to be good or not and now we have some trends now we have some semblance of which teams are good which teams are struggling which teams um, have the potential to get better as the season goes on. Okay. And so, one team um, is still undefeated as of right now. It's the D.C. Defenders. Not only are they 5-0 and straight up, but they're 5-0 and against the spread as well at okay. this point. And they um, are covering by an average of around 8.5 points per game. They started off the season their first couple games um, against Seattle and Vegas. They were an underdog. And then, since then... Pretty much, the the market has adjusted, mm-hmm. and now they've been they've been favored moving forward. But even this week, let me look at the number of of their game this week because I have them again taking on the Houston Roughnecks, who are a four and one straight up and against the spread, um, just a two and a half point favorite right. at home. DC is one of two teams in the league that have a legit home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, they play at Audi Field. Um, it's it's their professional soccer stadium, so you know it. It looks full. Right. They they see they have about eighteen thousand people that come out to these games. They have the beer snake going. The fans really care about it. They're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Louis also. I, I told you a little bit earlier. They um, this past weekend they played D.C. They lost that game, but they had thirty-five thousand people in that building right. despite other major events going on in the city. So those are the two teams that I would say if you're looking if they if they for whatever reason are an underdog at some point in the season um, or a short favorite at home those are typically the types of, of teams that you would want to bet on with, with an actual home field advantage because they play in a hub. Yeah. In, I mean, they practice in a hub in Arlington. Mm-hmm. So all of these teams are, are in Texas together throughout the week. They're going to hop on a plane together to their destination. Right. So home field advantage doesn't exist quite as much in this league as it has other leagues.
3: Yeah, in terms of travel and all of that, I mean, it's the same for both teams, yeah. right? So that's why I was like, okay, how do you distinguish that at all? Uh, but then execution, too. Like, I mean, take on the sample size of the league, uh, which teams are starting to really look the part when it comes to execution and consistency?
2: Yeah, so D.C. far and away mm-hmm. from me. And they are one yeah. team that, I mean, it's you're not going to want to bet them now. They opened the season in the 6-1 to one mm-hmm. range, and now they're plus 175, the shortest shot, um, as the lone undefeated team remaining. And they play in the easier of the two divisions as well. Um, but they have the ability to utilize quarterback run in a way that other teams do not. Okay. So Jordan Ta'amu and Derek King are their quarterback tandem. It seems like Ta'amu kind of, he, he's their guy in the pass game, but can also utilize his legs. And then King comes in and kind of cashes off the, the quarterback run touchdowns in the red mm-hmm. zone type of a situation. But they work really, really well together and have had a lot of success. Um, Houston has looked great all season long to the point where like, it looked almost like when everybody week one was just trying to figure out who they are, that they had already been playing for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Last week was the first time they got tripped up. Okay. And they went down 15 nothing to Seattle, ended up rallying in the second half, and because XFL rules are a little bit different, they gave themselves a chance to still come back and win at the end, weren't able to do it. Seattle as a team, in terms of futures, I think is very interesting. I actually said um, on the air in one of the games I was covering week three, mm-hmm. when Seattle was and two at the time, um, they were 10 to one. And I was like, if there's a team to invest in, I think it would be them. I still think that now at plus 650, the fourth shot on the board to win it all, because while they started the season slow, they've now strung together three straight wins. They are coached by a veteran coaching staff and Jim Haslett, who's actually a former NFL coach of the year, um, offensive coordinator June Jones. They have the most effective offense in the league in terms of like yards per game and moving the football. The points just haven't really added up for them as much, but recently okay. they've started to figure things out. And then beating Houston last week was a really big deal. You
3: had me at June Jones.
2: There you go. <laughs> run and shoot, baby. <laughs>
3: he was my <laughs> offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Uh, so, so he's the offensive coordinator for Seattle? Yep. Did not know that.
2: Yep, so wow. there you go. Um, and so, Are they running a run and shoot? They are.
3: What am I doing? I should have been you got to be betting the NFL. Bet- I'm looking you at go. their point differential, too, for a 3-2 team. I mean, certainly that stands out to me.
2: What their problem uh, right has now. been has been Ben DiNucci turning the football okay. over. Okay, okay. Um, Come on, And ben. even in their wins, he's still been turning it over. Right. So if he can just, like, rein it in a little bit. I mean, Josh Gordon's on that offense. So Jacor Pearson, who's he's a shorter yeah, receiver, yeah. but he is like the fastest guy in the league. Super fun to watch. So I like Seattle. I okay. think that they're they're really talented and really good. Okay. A couple other trends just I think are of note. Um, the Renegades only just this past week got their first cover when they beat San Antonio as a dog, but one and four against the spread, they've been profitable to fade. Um, favorites, there's not really much going on. Favorites Ten and two against the spread on this uh, ten, eight and two against mm-hmm. the spread this season. As a home favorite, eight and five against the spread. So there is a slight advantage there, but not a ton. Right. As far as totals go, um, defenders, vipers, and guardians, they are all four and one to the over. And the renegades and brahmas are four and one to the under. Okay. I have to show you this. Right? The the Renegades and Brahmas played this past week a low, low, low scoring game. Let me see what the final ended up being. Um, but so low that I think it was like 24, 22 or 24 total points. Okay.
0: Scored.
2: This week their total is at at 32 and a half.
3: Wow! Wow! In
2: a league that, mind you, you can score nine points on a touchdown.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you still have to score. Apparently, I mean, yes. you still have to have those opportunities. Well, I want to know about to 10
2: was the final. The Renegades beat the Brahmas 12 to 10.
3: I want to know about this quarterback giving away plays.
2: Yes. I want to know this story. Okay, so the Orlando Guardians, there was this whole to do Mm -hmm. um, early on this season about Quentin Dormady giving away plays to other teams. And I mean, Orlando has been getting blown out left and right. They do not have a win this season. They did just cover, though, for me against Vegas this past weekend. So let's go Orlando with Quentin Dormady reinstated and (laughs) playing for them. So basically, I think this goes back to the whole thing about the hub Mm -hmm. where everybody is eaten in the same place. You're staying at different hotels, but you're all interacting with right. like similar facilities, similar people that you're working with. And I think that maybe something just got misconstrued or lost in translation to where they thought that he had leaked offensive plays specifically to another team or other teams, plural. Um, but the league <laughs> came back and determined, quote, that allegations of impropriety were unsubstantiated. So um, he is not only back in the league reinstated Mm -hmm. but back on the orlando guardians and he came in this game against vegas and like i said they did lose the game It 35 32 final but he came into that game at 256 yards 22 of 25 passing and two touchdowns okay so i think they're glad to have him back because their offense has really really struggled this
3: yeah it looks like they've been struggling um so with i guess the notion all these players have aspirations of going to the national football league it's like how bought in are these guys so i mean do you feel it at all when you're out there how bought in i mean it could that be an angle to use as well yeah
2: and i think certain teams more than others Mm -hmm. as well at least based on some of the sidelines that i've been on like you can tell the guys that are really really passionate and trying to make it to the next level and they want to put their best foot forward in every possible way and then there are teams that are like going back and forth with each other. Happy to be in the
3: home. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So I'm not going to tell you who the teams are that have um, dissension, I Uh guess, but teams that really have good camaraderie on them for sure have been dc have been houston have been seattle and st louis like those are the teams that i've witnessed firsthand those four specifically that you can tell are, are really on a good trajectory so we'll see how things play out this weekend but i still can't get over that total 32 and a half a football game. what is happening <laughs> that's a wrap on today's edition of the lombardi line same time same place tomorrow come join us
1: Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.